Welcome to Ag Future, presented by Alltech. Join us as we explore the challenges and opportunities facing the global food supply chain and speak with experts working to support a planet of plenty. I'm Tom Martin. Alltech recently became a member of the Global Roundtable for Sustainable Beef, which is leading the global conversation in beef sustainability. And joining us for this episode of Ag Future is its executive director, Rory Peter. Welcome, Rory. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. And for context first, if you could give us a bit of information about your background. My background, I grew up in Scotland in a farming community. And from a young age, I was keen to get involved in agriculture. It's mostly livestock agriculture in that part of Scotland. I used to work on farms as a, as a school kid and later went on to study agriculture at university, uh, did a master's degree as well, and took up farm management. And my early career was in uh, farming, both in Scotland, but also further afield in New Zealand, where I now live, and in Australia. And uh, following that, I really went on a separate path more towards agricultural development in, um, in lower and middle income countries, spent a lot of time in Asia, Central Asia, so India, Pakistan, Afghanistan, and uh, subsequently in Africa. So I spent several years in Southern Africa as well. And uh, all of that gave me quite a a sort of broad view of particularly livestock systems, because that's what I was always working on, and uh, a real desire to try and improve and contribute to, particularly to producers' uh, livelihoods and to ensure that they were getting the best out of what they could do. And so how did you become involved with the Global Roundtable for Sustainable Beef, the uh, GRSB? I was living in Botswana at the time, and there was an announcement that it was going to be a meeting. And this was in 2010 um, in Denver, Colorado, to discuss the sustainability of the beef industry. And that was close to my heart. Botswana is a beef producer and exporting country, very arid country with its own sustainability challenges. And so I attended that meeting and was really impressed by the the number of organizations who were committing to this and getting involved. So I got involved as well as uh, one of the founding members. The organization I was working for at that time became uh, one of the founding members of GRSB. And it really moved on from there. So when I left Botswana and I was back in Europe, I was only back in Europe for a couple of months when GRSB contacted me and asked, asked me if I would like to join as the executive director, which I've been doing since 2012 now. Well, uh, since that uh, initial gathering in Denver, how many members or companies have joined up with the GRSB globally? Uh, we've got very good global coverage. We, we now over 100 companies and organizations, so some of them are producer organizations, for example, which represent a very large number of people, and some are just individual companies. So, um, yeah, over 100 and still growing. The mission and the vision of the Global Roundtable for Sustainable Beef are concentrated in three areas, climate, nature-positive production, and animal health and welfare. Let's look at each of these issues. First, climate. We set three goals last year. Uh, our members have all committed to following these goals. And the one on climate is to reduce the net global warming impact of beef by 30% by 2030 on a pathway to climate neutrality. 
And that's quite an ambitious goal, particularly for the global beef industry. Many of our member countries have already got uh, a goal. So, for example, Australia and New Zealand have already got goals. And, for example, the NCBA in the United States also has a climate goal. So we wanted to take all of those and show the, the commitment of the global industry. It's a big challenge because there are some countries where emissions are still growing. So we need to reverse that trend and we need to really start getting the whole industry on a pathway towards neutrality. Well, 2030, uh, just under eight years away, what do you think? Can that goal be met? I think it can be met. It is ambitious. And I think goals are only worth setting when they're ambitious because you you have to have something to measure yourself against and, and really demonstrate that you're, you're seeing change. There are a number of reasons why I think it can be met. There are increasing numbers of technologies available to help reduce the climate impact of beef production. But there are also there's increasing recognition of the role of things like just good grazing management in sequestering carbon in the soil. And that has been almost discounted from the discussion on, on the climate impact of beef up to now. So people recognize that it's a possibility, but beef life cycle assessments really don't take carbon sequestration into account. And that has to change because we have to be able to show the full system impacts of, uh, of beef production and the fact that there are some very positive impacts of doing things well. So I'm not saying it's an automatic thing, but when people uh, improve their grassland and grazing management, they really can turn around from being an emitter of carbon to being uh, a sequester of carbon. Well, I mentioned that there are three pillars of the GRSB vision and mission. Uh, we just talked about climate. Another is nature-positive production. What is meant by that? So nature-positive production, and this really relates, again, uh, back to climate, but it's also really focused on biodiversity. And it won't have escaped anybody's attention that the beef industry has been in the spotlight very frequently, particularly in Latin America, but also in some other parts of the world. Uh, for being responsible for deforestation, land conversion, and generally having an impact on uh, biodiversity. So we would like to see that trend being reversed. Ever since uh, we set our principles and criteria back in 2014, we've said we want to enhance biodiversity and restore ecosystems. So this is uh, a commitment to doing that again by 2030. So becoming nature positive really means that the production system is enhancing soil health, it's enhancing biodiversity, and it's contributing to good uh, ecosystem function. How is the roundtable looking out for animal health and welfare? So animal health and welfare is obviously a critical one in social terms. It's also critical really to the performance for producers. Good health and welfare will contribute to uh, a productive and efficient system. And producers, you know, this is no secret to anybody who's been involved in it. They really respect their animals and they want to look after them. They want to give them a good life. Of course, there are sometimes ex bad examples that we see, and they tend to get a lot of exposure when there are bad examples. So it's not that we thought there was uh, something systemically wrong but we do need to make sure that we can demonstrate we're improving animal health 
and animal welfare. And there are particular things, uh, you know, some parts of the world where there is still excess mortality uh, for various reasons and sometimes not even well understood reasons. So this particular goal will involve research and working with producers in different regions to work out uh, what the issues are and uh, to help resolve those issues. And with all of our with all of our goals and with all of our principles and criteria, we have to recognize that production systems are really varied around the world. And you have numerous different ways of solving problems and you have a different set of problems in each place. Sustainability is a really hot topic right now and the definition can feel very broad, very elusive actually. How, how does the GRSB define sustainability? Well, it's interesting you should ask that because as I said, we defined this really quite some years ago in 2014 was when we put out our definition and it's, it's not short. Mm-hmm. <laughs> our definition of sustainable production and sustainable beef is actually 12 pages long. So it's not something that trips off the tongue exactly. Sustainability is defined as socially responsible, economically viable and environmentally sound. Those are the three starting pillars for sustainability. And then GRSB defined five core principles on which we built. So they are natural resources, uh, which I've already talked about in terms of nature positive and, and climate impact. Then we have people in the community. That one really focuses on how people are treated within the system. So employees need to be employed in, you know, with a fair wage and reasonable conditions. We need to make sure that local communities are not negatively impacted by the beef industry, et cetera. So there's a number of social criteria in there. Then we have animal health and well-being, as you'd expect. Uh, and I've already talked a little bit about that. We then have a principle on food, which is really about uh, food. Of course, naturally food safety, that's a prerequisite for any food system, but also um, transparency along the food chain so that people have access to information about where is their food coming from and how is it produced. And then the fifth of our principles of for sustainable beef is efficiency and innovation. And this may sound like a, a, something of an outlier, but we felt it was important to recognize that there are going to be opportunities in the future for improving uh, things that we don't yet have available are going to become available. And data sharing is one of those. Innovations around, for example, feed additives that can improve performance for cattle or can reduce emissions, for example. These are all going to be important things in the future. So we wanted to recognize that there's a role for technology and efficiency and innovation and not just prescribe something that comes from the past. We also need to look to the future. Has the GRSB set uh, sustainability goals? And, And if it has, could you tell us about them? Yeah, so the three goals that we set last year are focused on climate, on nature-positive production, and on animal welfare, the ones that I already talked about. And they, they're all goals that have a date of 2030, so to keep us time-bound, and they're all quite ambitious. Again, it's important that we, we really keep ourselves on our toes. It's also important that we measure what we're doing. Uh, it's no good just having a set of guidelines, for example, which are optional. We really need to hold ourselves to a level of ambition 
to demonstrate that we're actually making a difference. So that is why we set those goals. And we were fortunate that our members uh, voted overwhelmingly in favor of those uh, three goals. And it's possible that we'll add more goals in the future um, on the basis of our principles and criteria. Rory, how can sustainable beef production have a positive impact on nature itself? Well, beef production, particularly going back to what I was talking about, grazing management, grazing systems, they encompass very large areas of the planet, often areas where there is still quite a large abundance of of wildlife. Now, even starting at the soil, the soil is hugely biodiverse and healthy soils are more biodiverse than unhealthy soils. And then going right up through all the species of plants that grow on that soil and that are available in a well-managed grazing system. If you are doing things right, you'll have a healthy insect population, you'll have a healthy bird population, you'll have a healthy ungulate population or, or wild herbivores. There are huge numbers of species that can coexist in a well-managed and sustainable beef system. So when we talk about being nature positive, we're talking about all of those kind of things, incorporating, for example, uh, areas of trees. They could just be shade trees or they could be preserved areas of forest and farms that protect biodiversity. Having a mosaic of grazing systems, trees, etc., on a property can really contribute a lot to, to nature and to biodiversity. We talked earlier about animal health and welfare, but how can sustainable beef production specifically have a positive impact on animal health and welfare? I think without good animal health and welfare, you can't have sustainable beef production. That would be the way I would put it. You know, we we must respect the animals that we manage uh, all the way through their lives. We must ensure that we're giving them the best lives we can. So one of the things that we've specifically called out in our uh, goal for animal health and welfare is pain mitigation and the adoption of that. Now, that's complicated in some countries because uh, these are pharmaceutical drugs which are not always um, approved for use in different countries. So then we must look for either to, to allow the registration of those for use or we must look for alternatives. And there's a good example of an alternative through through genetics and breeding. You know, one of the painful procedures which is often used on cattle is dehorning. And there is, of course, a polled gene. We can breed cattle without horns, and that uh, avoids the need for dehorning. So where we can introduce the polled gene into cattle breeds, that is uh, a welfare improvement that contributes to sustainability and to, and to animal welfare. Interesting. What kind of outreach are you doing now? You, of course, responded to a call 12 years ago. And so conversely, what's going on now? So we continue to build our network of companies. We bring in producers. We bring in processing companies. We're really built on a whole chain approach. So we have six constituencies that starts with the producer and that's really fundamental to what we do if we don't have the buy-in and the collaboration with producers i don't think we can achieve much so the producer is really fundamental to us the next one along the chain is the processors so the the people the meat packers uh, who are buying cattle off those producers and then we have a constituency which we call commerce 
which is really about all of the input providers, including financial services. So you've got pharmaceutical companies there, you've got banks, etc. And they're an important adjunct to the industry. They they can really help with sustainability. Banks, for example, can finance sustainability initiatives, but also the uh, input providers, technology providers have a role to play. Further up the chain, we have uh, the retailers. So that would be the restaurant chains, but also the supermarket chains who are buying beef. If they're, they've got a direct link to the consumer, of course, and they know what the consumer is asking in terms of sustainability. So they're important to have around the table to translate what we can do and what we can deliver uh, into language that consumers can understand and vice versa. So they can tell us what consumers are asking. We also have civil society, which means uh, non-government organizations, uh, people like the World Wildlife Fund, but also academics. And we have a number of university departments who are involved and they can give advice on what's feasible and how the science uh, can back up things that we want to do. And then the final two, actually, we have national roundtables, 24 countries represented in our, in our global roundtable. There are 12 national or regional roundtables, some of them covering more than one country, and that's how we get up to a total of 24. And then finally, we have allied industries, people like the leather industry and dairy and, and so on, who can definitely support what we're doing. They can take information from the beef industry into their own industry. Leather, of course, is also something that the fashion industry is often challenged on the sustainability of what they're doing. And they have an important role to play as well. So with that whole chain approach, we can we can really reach a lot of people and uh, drive change, uh, create demand for and recognition of uh, sustainable beef. Well, Rory, what do you enjoy most about this work? I enjoy the interaction with people all over the world. And I guess my career over 25, nearly 30 years now, has been quite international. I really still enjoy that interaction with people from different places and learning about the, the different ways that people do things. For the past couple of years, that uh, has been quite tricky. It's meant a lot of Zoom calls, of course, but the world is starting to open up again and I'm looking forward to being able to visit uh, more people. We've got a um, an innovation field tour for our Latin American members in Paraguay later this year. We're going to have our global conference in November in Denver. And there are many other opportunities for me to, to visit different countries and to learn more about what's happening in, in each part of the world. So that's what I really enjoy about it. All right. That's Rory Peter speaking to us from New Zealand, where he is executive director of the Global Roundtable for Sustainable Beef. Thank you, Rory. Thank you. And for Ag Future, I'm Tom Martin. This has been Ag Future, presented by Alltech. Thank you for joining us. Be sure to subscribe to Ag Future wherever you listen to podcasts.